Welcome everybody to Dragon Quest FM, where we talk about and obsess over Dragon Quest. I'm Austin. And I'm Roto. Or maybe maybe I'm Lodo. I don't know. He's Lodo Roto. I'm Roto Lodo. This week, we're talking about the Dragon Quest mysteries that are out there. There's quite a few of them, and we're not even... This isn't all going to be in one episode because there's just so many mysteries out there. Dragon Quest has been going on for such a long time, and we want to investigate them all. All of them. I've got on my Sherlock hat, and I've got a pipe. You probably do have a pipe. I can't see you, but I'm almost certain you do have a pipe. Like I own one? No, like you're, you're, you have one in your mouth right now. Oh, I don't. I know you own one. That's why I figured you had it. The Questy Boys are on the case. <laughs> it's the worst. I was trying to think up of a good name for us that could be like the Hardy Boys. Yeah. But, but King, Keaton, it's like, there's nothing that can really be done with that, you no, know? No, there's not. And so <laughs> the Questy Boys just sounded <laughs> had a nice little ring to it. I'm a Questy Boy. <laughs> <laughs> It sounds, it just, it sounds super lame, but I'm going to constantly be referring to ourselves as the questy boys in these episodes. It's true. And I use that voice with Jennifer whenever she says, I'm like, oh, I'm a bad boy like that. And so I'm a questy boy. (laughs) (laughs) You sound like uh, Gomer from Andy Griffith. Well, golly, Sergeant Carter. Yeah. I used to love Gomer Pyle, dude. Yeah, I, I did too. He was also, he's the one that's from our hometown, right? Yeah, I thought that was Goober who was from. Goober, Goober, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Goober, Goober is from Lawrenceburg. Yeah, cool. Um, everybody listening is like, what the heck are you like, guys Why are they talking about, about Andy Griffith and Gomer? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're but... welcome, everybody. I, I actually have wondered if the Andy Griffith show has been, was such a big like especially in the 90s and like early 2000s. Yeah. If it was as big in the rest of the world as it still was in Tennessee. I don't know. Jennifer and I were still watching some like last year like when it started streaming, I think. It's mm-hmm. it's still a good show. I like it. Yeah, I I like it too. Anyway, we got super sidetracked. like it. Really early on, which is never a good sign. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. So, mystery number 1. History number one. Where's your fancy um, microphone um, now? I actually don't have that program installed right now. I have it on the <laughs> new computer. I need to uh, to get that in, though. So mystery number one. When did the first Dragon Quest hero go blonde and why? All caps on the why there. Because this is something that I actually got to thinking about because at some point in the last couple of weeks uh, when you and I were talking about mystery somewhere along the way, I like had shared a photo of the dragon quest hero with, with, you know, black hair and didn't really think anything about it. Cause I was like, yeah, that's how he looked in like the eighties when this was, yeah, when this, you know, art was published or whatever and didn't really think anything about it. And then somebody asked me on Twitter, they were like, wait, isn't the hero blonde? And I was like, well, actually, yes, he is now. But then it got me thinking, okay, well, at what point did he go from having black hair to blonde hair? Like, at what point did he just decide to, like, bleach his hair and and blondes have more fun, right? And of course they do. I don't know. I'm not blonde. Yeah. Y'all, do you have more fun? I'm not blonde either. I was talking to the audience, not you. Oh, okay. You're at, you're talking to blonde people who are listening. <laughs> <I was. laughs> okay. I gotcha. Yeah. I didn't actually know this. 
like the, really? the blonde stuff. Like I didn't even notice this. Like somebody, I don't remember who it was on Twitter that had posted it where they were talking about uh, like the weird hair colors. And I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> because I didn't know. And I look at the images that they have and I never noticed that the hero from the first one's hair changed. Like I always thought it was just the brown hair. And then they were sharing all of these blonde haired things. And I think it may have even been from some of the, of the stars stuff. And I'm like, well, I, I don't, I've never, why, why would they do this? Like, I don't know. Did they forget? Like I really had no clue that they had made this change until really recently. Yeah, so he has black hair in a lot of the older artwork. I mean, most of the artwork shows him in just like his armor. He's got like that huge like, right. horned helm, you know. So most of it shows that, but there's art, there's wisps of black hair. And mm -hmm. as far as I know, and I asked people online about this too, because I was like, you know, I don't really know. But as far as I know, Kenshin Dragon Quest, which we are still going to play one day as a follow up right. to DQ Swords. But as far as I know, Kenshin Dragon Quest was the first time that he appeared blonde and then the model was used again for like the Monster Battle Road games and everything that were like right. Wii among others and I asked people online and everybody seemed to say yes it was Kenshin Dragon Quest so I assume that's right and from all the various digging I've done uh, that's what I can find so that would be what the early 2000s would be the redesign yeah. there. So that still leaves the question of why did they redesign his character? That I can't figure anything out. Like I can't, I can't find anything about it. Hopefully the other questy boy can. I, that's me. Uh, <laughs> I did a lot of, of digging around. I could not find anything. I even tried using, you know, Google Chrome to translate some like Japanese interviews and things like that. And I just could not find anything of substance. Right. That said, okay, 100%, this is why they redesigned the character. So here's, so this, I guess, for this mystery, we don't have a definitive answer, but we at least have some pretty good guesses. So my guess initially was maybe Toriyama just forgot. <laughs> yeah, that's actually where I fall with this. I'm pretty sure that since there's been a large amount of color issues like with him for like the slimes and all that. I'm fairly certain that he just forgot and they were like, okay, that's what it is now. So what you're talking about is actually something we discussed in an earlier episode of the show, which is Toriyama forgot at one point by his own admission, mm -hmm. uh, he forgot what color slimes were. And so there's actually official Dragon Quest art of slimes with colors that don't exist or didn't exist at least at that point in time at the time right and so my whole thing was like okay Toriyama just forgot that he had colored in black hair with the hero at some point because most of the art is with him on his helm yeah so he just you know he made it blind no one caught it and it wasn't a big deal that seemed like a, a pretty good idea of of why and I've since changed my answer, and I'm going to talk about that one in a minute. The other common theory that I heard people either saying seriously or jokingly. Yeah, uh, I've I haven't seen this one until I saw your notes, and I can totally see why people would think that he was a Super Saiyan. Um, and and if it's Saiyan, and so the people uh, who are Dragon Ball fans uh, will will uh, crucify you 
Yeah, that's that's fine. Just uh, and I, I'm I may be saying it wrong from the Japanese even, uh, but that's what they say on the translation. Yeah, um, you can you can nail me up, buddy. I don't know anything about Dragon Ball. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but yeah, I mean, changing him into uh, blonde to make him more powerful, maybe a different form or an evolution of his uh, of that character and uh, his 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 abilities. I could see why that would be a fan theory, but I don't. There, There is no basis in Dragon Quest for that kind of thing. The other one that I think is is more probable now actually uh, came from Brad on Twitter. Yeah. He's one of our patrons, too. One of our friends we talk to on Twitter a lot. But he mentioned that he thought maybe it was just to make the hero stand out more. Mm-hmm. Because you don't see him with his hair very often. And it's like if he just had brown hair, black hair, he would look like a lot of the other characters and a lot of the other heroes. But if you have him blonde, where he looks basically like a blonde Erdrich, then at that point he stands out a lot more. And that answer actually makes a lot more sense to me than because I'm like, yeah, Toriyama might have forgotten, but like surely somebody would have caught on to that if it was just a mistake. There's been enough discrepancy across different Dragon Quest media that I don't I don't think that it would be uh that that it would be out of the realm of possibility of reasonable possibility that it would just be that he forgotten people went with it but him standing out more really does make sense because when I was first getting into into this franchise I would see the hero from one and then I would see Erdrick and I would get them confused that I would look at them and not know, like thought they were the same character for a while because I was just like, I don't, I, they're, they're, they're just generic sword boys. And, uh, with a blonde one, it stands out a lot more than, uh, than spiky black hair. Erdrick. Yeah. So I guess that's our, that's the questy boys answer <laughs> for mystery. <laughs> Number one is that it was probably just to make him stand out more and look more unique when, when held up with all the other heroes in the in the yeah. series. So that brings us to mystery number two. <laughs> mystery number two. I have my notes wrong here, but but mystery number two is basically so with Dragon Quest two, they had cutscenes that were supposed to be in the game. Right. They were they were pixelated, you know, and looked kind of like the opening for uh, final, the first Final Fantasy game, you know, where they tried to 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 make it look uh, like a little cutscene, so they had that for Dragon Quest Two, and it's really pretty. Like I adore what you sent, like what you posted on Twitter. I'd never mm-hmm. seen that one before, and I'm like, that looks so cool because I love old retro art like that, especially big, like real stills that's not necessarily pixel art. Looks super mm-hmm. cool. So the mystery, I guess, was what happened to these unused cutscenes. Did they ever get used again at some point, like a Game Boy Color version of the game? What, what happened to right. it? So. Apparently, I mean, I shared I shared some of this, like you said, on Twitter, and apparently it wasn't super well known that it had cutscenes in it to begin with. But what I thought was interesting was that from everything I could find, that apparently the the memory from the Famicom just it wasn't enough. They couldn't do it. They had some of it already done, programmed, Mm -hmm. but they couldn't leave it in. So they had to cut it all out. So what I thought was interesting is that I read a, I read an interview uh, that was translated, uh, and I, I'm going to try to link to that in the notes if people want to read the full interview. Uh, but I found the site where this guy, he translates 
Japanese gaming interviews. He translates them from like the 80s and 90s and other times and then and publishes, publishes them on his site. It's called like shmupulations.com or something like that. And there's quite a few Dragon Quest ones I thought were interesting. And I found this one on there. Yuji Hori said, yes, we couldn't use them, but we did sneak one of them into the manual, which... <laughs> Which I thought was pretty cool. Right. Um, it's not necessarily as cool as like if they had reused them into a later game. True. And and the Game Boy Color versions of, of Dragon Warrior one and two yeah. do have those. Some I guess you would call them cutscenes. Oh, I can't remember what the actual term for them is. Like there's a term for those splash screens like that. Uh, maybe it's splash screen since I just said it. I yeah. don't know. <laughs> I don't know. There's, there's a particular term for that, and I don't I don't remember what it is now. Yeah, and so those those are in color because they're on Game Boy Color, which is what the original Dragon Quest II cutscenes were supposed to be. They were supposed to be in color as well. Mm-hmm. The one that exists in the manual is, is not in color. It's mm-hmm. like that. It's like a grayscale type image. Either way, I thought it was cool. It's something that I did not know. I did not know that any any cutscene existed in from Dragon Quest 2. Like, I didn't know that there was some preservation of it. And so even right. if it's just one in a manual, that's still really cool. Yeah. It kind of fell down this, like, wormhole for a little while of Dragon Quest 2 last week, where that was, like, what I was spending all my free time on. And and this isn't really a mystery, but I wanted to mention it at least today. You know, people give Dragon Quest 5 credit for, for inspiring Pokemon in terms of, like, monster catching and everything. But I thought it was interesting that Dragon Quest 2 actually inspired monster trading like through link cables and everything on the game boy yep. which i thought was pretty neat and, and we're gonna link to all uh, this stuff as much of this stuff as we can like it's really neat to think about just how influential these games are that people don't have any idea about that uh where it's not even so much a mystery on that one but it's just trivia but like that pokemon wouldn't be what it is this kind of uh, uh phenomenon that, that just really took the world by storm in the 90s that just just went everywhere if not for Dragon Quest yeah and based on and based on what I've seen and again this is translated not by me but other right. people is that basically the co-creators you know of Pokemon were like okay uh, they were playing Dragon Quest 2 and they wanted to get a, get a mad cap from from enemies mm-hmm. and so one of them I I don't know anything about Dragon Ball and I don't know nearly enough about Pokemon either. I've played only like three or four of the games myself. But anyway, so one of the guys was like, hey, uh, can I have one of your Madcaps since you have two? And the other guy was like, well, I wish I could give them to you. There's Trading doesn't exist in this game. Yeah. Then years later, when they were thinking up, you know, how to trade Pokemon and everything, they were like, oh, you know, Game Boy Color would be perfect for this. You got the link cable, all of this stuff. It would be perfect for Pokemon training. And so... right. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, it is pretty neat. I like uh, I like learning things like this. Like it, looking back and I see interviews and all of it, like just knowing things like this. I'm like, oh yeah, I know what I know what you're talking about. Yeah. So mystery number three. It's not well. Mystery three. <laughs> I was waiting. I was waiting. And that's why I paused because I was waiting for some kind of like some kind of voice to happen it's here. True. So this is a I mystery that. that's existed for a long time, but we have addressed on the show already. And right. I think more people are getting to know. But there's been this thing. Is it Lodo or is it Roto? Yep. We see this a lot everywhere. And there is finally an answer to this. And it's all thanks to you. 
It was not thanks to me. It's thanks to Nob. Well, thanks to Nob. I mean, he's the one who did it, but you're the one who dug into it and and found a way to get the answer. So Nob Agasawara, he served as the translator uh, for the Dragon Quest games in which he was called, in which he was called Lodo. And yeah, it was completely by his own admission, a translation error. So, so that to me, at least puts to rest once and for all, okay, it's definitely Roto. And that had been something that you and I had talked about on the show, even way back when about, is it Lodo or Roto? Cause I was like, yeah. well, you know, like the, the manga and everything else says Roto. Yeah. But Lodo only exists, you know, in this instance. And so it's good to have a final answer on that. And it does, it, it makes me feel good. Like uh, I was on the, I was on Twitter or somewhere the other day and somebody had, had called the hero Lodo and somebody else was like, no, it's actually should be Roto. Lodo is an error. And the person didn't believe him. And then the person shared a screenshot where Nob was saying my yeah. was called Lodo. And I looked at it. And I don't know these people, but I looked at it. And I was like, hey, that's <laughs> that's like the interview I did with him. That's kind of cool. That's your article. Yeah. Str- strangers on the Internet. I was like, I didn't say anything. I wasn't like, hey. But, um, <laughs> but, but I thought that was cool, you know, that, 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 that was there. And so, so yeah, for people who have not listened to our translation episode or who maybe have not read that interview or whatever, it is definitely Roto. Lodo is, is just a translation error, but uh, it's still another cool piece of, of Dragon Quest history. It's been one of those things that have been kind of debated about over the years. So you were kind of shamelessly promoting me already, but I guess now <laughs> it's time to have a little shameless self-promotion. Shameless, it's not a mystery. We want your money, shameless. <laughs> that might be my favorite one that you have ever done. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was that. that may, I cracked myself up. <laughs> It is not a mystery, but no, seriously, if you would like to support our podcast, we do have a Patreon page that is at patreon.com slash dragon quest FM. You can get fun stuff like stickers and mugs and all sorts of goodies. A shout out on the podcast. You can tell us what you want us to talk about on the podcast. You can tell us what to do. So there's lots of cool stuff. I mean, I, I would definitely be a patron of us if I weren't doing the show. And so that is out there if anybody would like to support. What did you say? I mean, you can still subscribe. You can go in and become a patron to it. <laughs> that That's true. But then Patreon would just take some of my money out of it as their fee. So it'd be it's like. True. They would take money out of the money that you give us to give yourself. So yeah. you really would just be giving Patreon money. I'd be giving Patreon like 30 cents. Yeah. <laughs> Either way, that is there if you would like to support us and just a huge thank you to all of our patrons. We have some like great patrons out there. Also, I know I'm behind on sending out mugs. We we do those as anniversary gifts and between the holidays and all the craziness that's happened in the last like month or two, mm-hmm. uh, I know I've gotten behind with mugs. So if you don't have your annual anniversary gift mug, yeah, I promise, promise, promise I'm sending it. Uh, I will get on that ASAP. ASAP. So getting back into today's episode, it is now time for mystery number four. Ooh, quattro. So this was actually a question somebody asked me, and I thought it made a lot of sense to include it in today's episode. Yeah, for sure. This is something that I've seen a lot of people ask before. And that question is, 
why do some Dragon Quest characters have names, but others don't? Like, there's definitely some names that that the fandom uses pretty widespread. There's yeah. Solo, Wreck, things like that. So, so why do some Dragon Quest heroes have names and others don't? Well, canonically, I guess none of them do, right? I mean, I can't think of any that canonically have a name. Yeah, like name, name. Like, this was their, their birth name. I don't think any of them do. I mean, even Erdrick is a title. That that if you when you play around like that's not even the dude's name that he's the hero and it it's kind of like him being the uh, the Marquis or uh, the Luminary. Yeah, that's the that's the only one really that I ever use is Erdrick. I find myself yeah. calling the hero from three Erdrick, and I find myself calling the hero from eleven the Luminary. Yep. But those are the only ones that I really ever give close to names on, and so. So really, none of the heroes have names. I guess the answer to that question is that, well, none of them really do. But some of them definitely do. You know, like I mentioned, Solo, uh, Sophia, Wreck. I mean, the, the others get names, Aris. Mm-hmm. So so where does this all come from? A lot of them just come from the manga adaptations mm-hmm. or the novelizations. Yep, where you have to have, you, you have to call them something in there and even when you're writing even hero isn't a uh, a really good substitute for a name uh if you've ever played many mmos where they try to get around using your name and it's always hero or champion or something like that it's super awkward and so you have to choose something whenever you're writing like that yeah or like uh, like in tenet you have the protagonist oh do you i haven't seen tenet i haven't even oh. read about tenet it's the protagonist really the protagonist is the protagonist and they get kind of meta with it a few times in it. And it's a good movie. Grace and I actually watched it last night. Okay. It's pretty good. Like a lot of Christopher Nolan movies, it's about 20 minutes longer than I want it to be. Yeah. But it's pretty good. Um, I I mean, I enjoyed it, but yeah, the, the protagonist is just the protagonist. I did not know that. So yeah, yeah, that, that is neat. I like the idea of it because I like Chris Nolan movies, but also it's like, Hmm, that's weird. Yeah, or like the the Cormac McCarthy novel, uh, The Road. Oh, it's so good. Oh, I love that book. But I mean, but the characters you have. Oh yeah, they, the man and the boy. The right? Man and the boy, like yeah, they don't have names or really anything other than you know their relationship. And I I listened to it on audiobook rather than reading it, so I never even caught it. Like the way that they did it, like it was afterward where I was just so in, like engrossed in it that I didn't realize they didn't have names until well after when I was reading stuff. I'm like, oh my God, they didn't. So I really like Cormac McCarthy novels. Um, this is totally off subject, but I do want to tell you this story and I guess anyone who's listening. Um, but whenever I was, one of the, the first Cormac McCarthy novel I ever read was No Country for Old Men. Right. It was before the movie came out or anything. So I didn't know much of anything about it other than, okay, it's it's a Cormac McCarthy novel. And at that point, you know, I wasn't used to reading Cormac McCarthy novels, but in a lot of his books, he doesn't use quotation marks. Yeah, he doesn't. Like, and it annoys the crap out of me. Like when I first started reading No Country for Old Men, I was probably like high school or college age uh, yeah. when I read it. And I was like, okay, this is weird. Why is it written like this? And then after like a little while, I was like, oh, these are the people talking. This guy doesn't use quotation marks. Yeah, it's it's very hard to read, which is why The Road was my first one. And so I listened to it on audiobook. And so I didn't have any of these like issues with it 
And I've learned that with a lot of these books that are very hard to read, like including William Faulkner, that I've learned using the audiobook to get into and learn like how it how the cadence of the book goes, it's so much easier to then go back into the the written one and uh, uh, get what the author is doing with that. So uh, it's it's really 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 good for me to have because I would have bounced off of it hard without quotation marks and names. Yeah. So, uh, Mr. McCarthy, Cormac, if I can call you Cormac, uh, I know you're listening. So please let me know why you don't use quotation marks in your novels. It's true. You can reach us at dragonquestfm at gmail.com. <laughs> but other, going back to the Dragon Quest names here, other, other names come from like the quote unquote default names that characters are given, like in five, yeah. where your dad is like, hmm, maybe we should name you this. And where it's it's the game offers it as a suggestion, so people just kind of go with that, and they're like, okay, yeah. yes, this is what the hero is called. The problem with that is then you have a lot of different media. Like people are like, okay, is, is the hero from Five Madison? Is it Abel? Is it Luca? Now that yeah. your story came out, I mean, there's just like all these things that you run into. But I guess the answer to mystery number four is that really none of the Dragon Quest heroes have names. Name them whatever you want. Name them hero name them after yourself just don't call them late for dinner and <laughs> ah, <laughs> recording now Stop. so mystery number five dun, 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 dun. i don't know if this is really a mystery this is just something that i personally have wanted to find out right is why did koichi nakamura leave enix and and dragon quest because for the longest time, you know, he was like Yuji Horii's partner in crime here. I mean, they worked on so many games together. Like all of the early Dragon Quest games, you have you have Nakamura and Yuji Horii to thank for that. Yeah. Nakamura even he directed like the first four Dragon Quest games and I think he was just like a gaming supervisor on 5 before he left. He may have been director on 5 as well. But for whatever reason, he definitely directed a lot of those early Dragon Quest games. And so he's really in several ways responsible for the way Dragon Quest feels mm -hmm. because he was like, you know, he programmed a lot of it. From everything I've read, it was a friendly parting. Like I've seen, I, I was actually reading one this past week where it was an interview with Nakamura and Yuji Horii from like 1988 or something like that. Oh, wow. And, you know, they're smiling at all the photos and they just look like BFFs. And so it's like, man, I can't, like, why would he just leave all of a sudden? And I, I, I can't find anything that's just like where Nakamura is like, hey, I left Enix and Dragon Quest because of blank. Right. Uh, just kind of connecting dots here. I think it became one of those points where it was like, okay, do you keep working on Dragon Quest games or, you do, or do you go, like, start your own company and be the head of this new company? And yeah. I mean, it's hard to do both, like... I've never done either of those, but I've tried to balance two jobs, uh, like full-time jobs, and that doesn't work very well. It's hard. And, yeah, and so I think it was just like, okay, you, I, I can't be a programmer and, <laughs> and lead this company, right. so I'm going to go and lead this company. But, I mean, they still, they still use Chunsoft, yeah, uh, which, which is its company. It's Spike Chunsoft now, but, I mean, they still use it for mystery dungeon games. I mean, I guess not recently, the last mystery dungeon game i guess would have been young yangus right did that come before or after like dragon quest mystery dungeon yeah 
Yeah, I think it was young, the young Yangus one. Um, I can't remember if the third Tornico game came out before or after young Yangus, but either way, um, it's it's one of those. <laughs> yeah, and and see, you know, I was thinking about mystery dungeon games in general, and I'm like, nah, there've been plenty after that. But yeah, yeah, the Dragon Quest ones, I think, was the Yangus one before Fortune Street. So because of that, I have to assume that they're all on good terms still. Um, and I think it's it is one of those weird things to me that that Nakamura was just like so ingrained to the development of the early Dragon Quest games, and then he just he's gone now that uh but but from what i can find i mean it's just, it was really kind of just like okay do you want to keep programming and directing dragon quest games or do you want to you know lead your own company and it's it it's not necessarily a hard decision i mean it's uh you know if you're going to be the president of uh, of a software company or you know work for another one and be a programmer probably going to take the presidency yeah, especially if if it's something that you care about and you love, you mm-hmm. know, which I mean, I think he he did. So, yeah. Anyway, we have a lot of other mysteries uh, to solve <laughs> because we're in, the, boys. in the coming week. So if you have a mystery you want the Questy Boys to solve, uh, you can call us at 1-800-QUEST. Don't do that, though. We don't know if it's a real number. I did not look it up beforehand to see if that's a real number. So don't call 1-800-QUEST because there's a chance that that's a real number. And or you, you could call it, try to get in touch with the Questy Boys, and they'll <laughs> tell you that that's not a thing. So, <laughs> they, will, they will hang up on you. <laughs> yeah, it's like, hey, can I talk to the Questy Boys? And they'll just be click. But you can reach the Questy Boys on Twitter. Uh, we are on Twitter at Dragon Quest FM. Uh, if you do have a mystery you want us to address on the show, we have quite a few planned already. But if you do have some mysteries that you want us to talk about on the show that we didn't get to today and you're worried we won't get to in the future, uh, let us know on Twitter at Dragon Quest FM. Uh, please address us as the Questy Boys. <laughs> please, please, please. And, and we don't have actual names, so it will be Questy Boy number one and Questy Boy number two. And we are not going to uh, decide which one that is. What were the Hardy Boys' names? Uh, Do you remember? I read like... Frank? No, see, I was thinking Frank too, but Franklin W. Dixon was the author. Uh, uh, let's see, Hardy Boy. I can't remember their names, and I read like a million of those books as a kid. Yeah, Frank and Joe Hardy. Frank is the Frank is 18 and 16 in earlier versions and Joe is 17, 15 in earlier versions. Cool. All right. You can be Frank then since you remembered that one. And I'll be, right. Joe. You so, can be Joe. Frank and Joe Questy are on the case. I'm Frank Questy. You can find me at 1-800-QUEST, but you can't because it ain't a thing. Uh, but thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode. And remember... Leave those questions at Dragon Quest FM on Twitter, or you can talk to us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Dragon Quest FM. If you want to talk to me individually, you can totally do that. I'm on Twitter at Dragon Quaston. I also have another podcast. It's called JRPGs and Me. It's on a brief hiatus while I get ready for season two, but you can catch up on all the season one episodes right now. And I am on Twitter if you want to talk to this questy boy at Professor Beege. Uh, I also do a podcast called the Geek to Geek podcast. And we started our sixth season this week, uh, actually yesterday. So it's crazy. Uh, it's lasted for over five years now. Your show is going to be starting kindergarten. <laughs> it is starting kindergarten. Oh, don't say that. That's weird. 
Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we've been doing that for five years. Uh, you can find that at geek2geekcast.com uh, or uh, anchor.fm slash geek2geekcast. Uh, you can also uh, talk to me on Discord. I'm on there and you can find the links to, uh, to that at geek2geekmedia.com. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week. Bye.